Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Bravo, macht Tempo, wartet auf harte Herzschwanke, kommt und jetzt ist es Klos. Also, Arminia Bielefeld. Penny, 2-0. 2-0 für den FC St. Pauli. Diese Flanke, Tor, nächster Treffer. Es heuer, Fernandes mit vorne. Ja klar ist er mit vorne. Kittel mit der Ecke, Pujabalata. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Svarte Bundesliga podcast. Can you believe it that the new season is already upon us? Yes, this short holiday period has got, come, come and gone. And on July 15th, the opening match day of the 2022-23 Svarte Bundesliga season will be very much underway. So... In a season that certainly seems to be the most unpredictable compared to last season where it was all about the big name sides, this campaign certainly is shaping up to be one of the very best. So, of course, joining myself for a fifth season, it's an anniversary season for us, uh, of the Swider Bundesliga podcast, it is Eva Lotte Baller. Eva, good day to you. Uh, I would say... How was your holiday? But of course, there wasn't really a holiday for either of us. <laughs> yeah, and I think the time, those, I don't know, six weeks? Was it six weeks? Seven weeks? Something like that. Um, weren't really treating us well so far. So I think we're both very happy that football is back. Obviously, it already starts tonight with the Euros um, in England. And... Um, I'm really looking forward to that, obviously. Uh, it's going to be very good football. I'm not so sure about the weekend. After that, how the football is going to be then, I won't say it will be the same level because it's not going to be the same level at all. It's going to be much more hectic and worse, uh, let's be honest. And um, what both have in common is actually that it's very unpredictable. Um, that's so far I have learned for both things um i think uh yeah it's it was never that difficult i think we say this every year uh, it's very difficult to predict but honestly at least the last couple of years you always had one or two teams where you say okay you can put them there more or less it's going to be somewhere there i think this year it's really really difficult um because it's it's a good thing that it's very close together which makes it in a way interesting as well um but at the same time that makes it very difficult to first of all get to know the teams well um i haven't watched every friendly that has been going on i was quite happy i got to watch three of my own teams friendly so i'm very sorry um haven't done that but i'm still very very much looking forward to this season obviously because my team is back in it yay woohoo yes i'm very sorry already for partial monologues throughout this uh season you know them already and you missed them i'm quite sure uh another team that is very happy to be back is obviously fc kaiserslauter yeah absolutely of course they they uh booked the final ticket for this campaign 
by beating Dynamo Dresden in the relegation playoffs, two goals to nil. So, for the first time in four seasons, the Rotten Trufel are back in the Zweite Bundesliga. And they've been rewarded with the opening fixture of the Zweite Bundesliga season. On Friday night, they'll take on Hanover, a team with the weight of expectation, although it might have been self-inflicted expectation of what their season shall be. So, we'll start with Hanover, Eva. Lots of change. That's probably the key word for them. Change. But will it be good change? Who knows? But I guess that's for, for us to find out throughout the course of the season. Lots of new players. Some very exciting uh, young players returning. How do you see the outlook for Stefan Lytle's side this season? Well, first of all, um, something I've seen a lot is that Hanover puts a lot of money into the new season that's per se not very correct. They've only paid money for a player and a coach, as far as I know. And this is um, one of their new signings. I think Derek Kohn. Kohn? Uh, Kohn? He's German. Why do I want to pronounce it differently? He comes from a Netherlands side. Uh, they paid 500,000 euros for him. Um, the rest of the people we know, more or less. Um, obviously, Lou Schau from uh, SFC Köln, Max Besuchkov uh, from Jan Regensburg, Harvard Nielsen Kreuter Fürth, Fabian Kunz, Amine Bielefeld, Phil Neumann from Holstein Kiel, and then you, you have a couple of uh, younger players from second teams or just lower division clubs um, like Stuttgart second team, Anarchy Cottbus, U19 teams, and stuff. Um, and so their average age is, is quite young, with around 23. Um, so that is, I think, okay. And I mean, obviously, it's understandable that they don't pay a lot of money because all of their um, players that left them left on a free transfer as well. I think probably the biggest loss that he left on a free transfer is Linton Miner, who went to... Um, uh cologne obviously um the rest of them i would suggest it doesn't hurt them that much obviously the 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 captain is gone um as far as i know there is not a new one in place yet please correct me if i'm wrong but i haven't read anything so far um so yeah you you have that outlook you see that they got a lot more players in than left them, at least from the names that we know or that played a role or are going to play a role in the team. Um, there was one transfer that didn't take place. Uh, that was Anderson Lukoki. Uh, that was a huge discussion. Uh, and it, in my opinion, it shows once again that family members shouldn't handle transfers or should let then at least let the players decide. Um, so we have all that, and I know that a lot of people talking about are talking about that Hanover is one of the favorite candidates for promotion. I'm not completely agreeing. I do not want to disrespect Stefan Leitl. We know that he got his team promoted in Fürth. We know that at least towards the second half of his Bundesliga season. He got his team stabilized. 
but he basically said that he wants Hanover to get promoted right away. And the thing is, if you say something like that, the press is not, sorry, but shutting up about it. The fans will not shut about, up about it. The, you already put pressure on a team that is has a huge, huge new stuff going on there. And I think that's not helping. I know that this is because we don't really have those three teams where we say they're going to be one, two, three, um, except maybe Hamburg, for example. It, you need this season to, to get promoted, more or less. But I'm not overly convinced this is going to happen because with the Lytle season, when he got field promoted, nobody really expected them to go up. And I don't really see that here. Um so I'm going to be interested. So the first game away from home at the Fritz Walter Stadion is going to be massive. Uh, they're playing, I think, St. Pauli next. Um, and then Paderborn. Um, two other teams where I'm not completely sure about where their road is going to go. But obviously it's not going to be easy games. Um, so yeah, I'm not. And I, I know that I'm on a kind of same track as a couple of Hanover fans here. Um there are all not very convinced it's going to be promotion this season, as well as um, really wanting to... The, Hanover has a lot to make up for, especially after last two seasons. So I have a lot of question marks. And I think the fans are agreeing with me because Hanover only sold 14,000 season tickets so far, which is, compared to where the club is coming from, not a lot. I think the thing... I think the thing with the uh, the tickets is an interesting one. That, that sort of distrust with with how the last couple of seasons have gone, where there's been an expectation that at the very least they'll be in the top six and and fighting, and and they've barely avoided relegation on on two consecutive occasions. So for them, it seems pretty clear. Their opponents, Kaiserslautern, of course. Well, it's an interesting one. Dirk Schuster is going to be the head coach. After you know, keeping getting them up, um, and their biggest question mark was, of course, goalkeeper. When Matia Rab decided to go to Hamburg to be the number two, who would they get? Well, they looked at guys like Tobias Sippel, who's who was Gladbach's number two, could be Gladbach's number one at the start of the season, um, and they settled on thirty-five-year-old Andreas Luther, has experience in the Zweite Bundesliga with Bochum, comes from Union Berlin. He was, for a period of time last season, Union's number one. An astute signing, a very good goalkeeper. We know what he brings to the table. They also brought in Julian Kral from Victoria Berlin on a free transfer. He was a Köln junior. Um, so he's probably their goalkeeper of the future. Um, Eric Dorm, World Cup winner, Europa League winner. We know what we're going to get with him. Um, he can play right back. He can play a bit of left back. It'll be interesting to see how he works with uh, with Jean Zimmer, who we suspect might play a bit further up the pitch this season. But for them, it's it's quite simple. The goal is to avoid relegation. Um, you, uh, it is one of the hardest things to do when getting gain, gaining promotion from the Dritzliga is staying up. We saw Dynamo um, <clears throat> fail in their attempt, as well as Ingolstadt. So lots of pressure on them to get into that sort of... Um, top 15 I guess um, it will be interesting I think we're all interested to see how they go obviously to get the opening game of the season 
crowd will be absolutely buzzing and hopefully um hopefully this fixture in general will be an absolute gem and and um starts the season off in the best way possible now to our saturday games we're going to start at the Milan Tour, St. Pauli, Nuremberg. Two sides that it would be fair to say have aspirations on promotion. Yes, big scary word. But um, Eva, as we were discussing off-air, we have maybe some reservations about St. Pauli. They've uh, lost a lot of experience in terms of their goal scoring as well as creativity in midfield. They've gone a lot younger with their recruiting this season. Do we think... Not saying that these players aren't talented, obviously they are, but um, are we sure that their recruitment this season will help them to progress to the next level and enter that top three? Well, you already uh, said it, the team or the the arrivals are, are very, very young. Um, the oldest one are Manolis Aliakis with uh, 25 and Jojo Eggerstein with 24. Um, and the rest of them is, is quite young. They come from U19 club. So one of the, the players who is listed as, as an arrival is actually uh, one of the, the second team uh, with, uh, or two, I'm sorry, the second team and the U19. So uh, Nicholas Yesen is from the second team and uh, Kukanda is coming up from the U19. So that are St. Pauli originals, you could say. Um but the rest, uh, the, the two players came in on a free transfer, Zaliakis, and I'm very sorry if I'm butchering his name, Connor Met. Please finish for me. Connor Metcalf. Metcalf. It's, it doesn't make sense for me, but okay. Uh, <laughs> this is probably how Matthew feels with every German name. Um, at some stage, we're just going to do outtakes with us trying to pronounce names. Um, it's not that easy. Um, and then you have probably the three most prominent transfers, which are David Nemeth, Hugo Agerstein, and David Otto. Uh, with David Otto, I've never seen fans being so underwhelmed with the transfer. Um, and it wasn't even... His name was, wasn't even pronounced yet or being put out it was just the those weird video video where um football player is i uh, know just handling a football and you don't see his face this is this with saying this please stop that please stop crossword quizzes with names please stop weird videos just stop it it was funny at a time, and the only club I allow it to do, furthermore, is Sandhausen, because it's the only t- that th- they're fine, yeah. But please stop this. Please stop puns of words with the players' names. Just what happened to just say, "Hi, this is our new striker, our new central defender." It's easy. It's completely fine. You can do it. And maybe if you want to do a joke, do one per per okay transfer window. I'm fine with that, but do not do it with every play. I'm really getting angry. I'm going to unfollow all of you. I know you don't care, but I will unfollow you. It's like in the list of things football doesn't need, light shows, 
Liner videos, transfer videos, transfer quizzes, everything. All right? Ran over. With San Paoli, I'm very sorry. <laughs> this is this is really going my nerve this uh this summer. Um I have a lot of worries about them. Obviously, with Curie missing, he was the key player in so so many ways. I do like that he's playing in the business leader in this season, especially with Freiburg. Um I like that players are going to Freiburg now and not to New Berlin, for example, or Wolfsburg or something like that. I like that. Um but Obviously, something big is missing here because you can see, especially in the first half of the season, uh, Timo Schultz built his game around him and his individual class. And I'm not sure who is going to fill that part because I hope that Timo Schultz has learned from that mistake because obviously you could see it has worked for the majority or or actually for, for the first leg of last season, but obviously with Kier being at the Africa Cup, we talked about this a lot, he was missing and so was the creativity. Um, and obviously I don't want to talk down someone like David Otto, but for example, I talked to a Louis Loza, who we know from this podcast. He's not only a Sandhausen fan, but also a Hoffenheim fan. Um, and he was not overly convinced. I do... like. With you, Eggestein, David Otto, uh, then you have Amenido, who was injured um, majority of the time. It's, I don't really know where they want to go with this. And I do fear a bit that they're missing someone like Burgstaller McKinnock, just, just from the stature, um, who can come in and just be good for one or two goals. Uh, per game <laughs> in in the last 10 minutes um obviously i do like david nemet i think uh he's a great center back um when mines was in that whole covid spell last season uh he stepped up and I, i do really like him but the thing is with having so many young players obviously the pressure is very high and i do think thanks sam Pauli overperformed or got the maximum out of the squad night last season And they didn't get promoted. And I do not think we're going to see them in the top five um, this time. I see them in the upper half of midfield, uh, but that's all. Yeah, they're an interesting case. The average age of their four strikers is 22 and a half. Obviously, Igor Matonovic brings that age down. He's only 19. Um, so they are an interesting case. And yeah, I'm not sure. Well, I, I, uh, I've had to move them around my prediction table a bit. I'm a bit uncertain what they're going to produce. Should talk about Nuremberg as well because the biggest issue for them last season that really held them back from being a real contender for promotion as the season drew on was scoring goals. They were one of the worst goal-scoring teams in the top half and it became increasingly obvious as the campaign came on it didn't matter who they plugged in up top. They weren't going to score consistently. They tried Eric Shurinov, Pascal Kerbka, Nikola Dovidan, who was their top scorer. He's no longer there anymore. Um, there was always the uh, the talk of whether Denis Borokovsky would be there. He's on, on his way to uh, Dinamo Dresden, I think, on loan, I believe. Maybe. I'm not sure. Anyway, but they have addressed the striker issue that plagued them for so much of last season. Christoph Daferner from Dynamo Dresden is one of two strikers they've brought in, along with 
Quadro Dua, the Swiss Ghanaian uh, striker from St. Galan in Switzerland. He came on a fee as well. So those two, excuse me, uh, along with Manuel Vinsheimer, who will probably play a bit deeper in midfield, I suspect, um, as like a number 10, potentially, or even if they play a 4-3-3, which we think they will, on a wing, he's very capable in that position. They've also added to their defense with the likes of Eric Vikessa, who they got in a free from Jan, um, as well as Jan Jimmerer from Hamburg, also on a free, and uh, someone who is very highly touted from Bayer Leverkusen in Sadiq Fofana. They got him on a, excuse me, a loan deal, um, and there is talk that he may even start the uh, season opener. Very highly touted. I think for Nuremberg, they're a team that could very much challenge the top five. I suspect they might be there. I would also think that there are people that have Nuremberg in their top three um, heading into the new season, and that would be just. But the question is, uh, much like with St. Pauli, can the new striking team, the team of strikers, hit the ground running and be consistent goal-scoring threats? That will be the difference. We know they've got Mats Daly who can, you know, Tee it up for any striker. Um, we love, we all love him. I think uh, I don't think there is a Spider Bundesliga fan who doesn't like Matt Smoller daily. I've never met them, and I hope not to meet them because he's awesome, and we all love him. And yeah, I suspect he's going to have a really good year as well. Switching to the number ten jersey, much like St. Pauli's Marcel Hartl. Right, let's move on to our final Group One game. It's at the BWT Stadion am Hartfeld. Sandhausen, it's Armenia Bielefeld. Bielefeld, the first of our two sides that were relegated from the Bundesliga last season. The less said about that, the better. It's much like, there's a few teams that could fall under this. Lots of change in Ostwestfalen. Bielefeld have a new coach, lots of new players, but they still have Fabian Close, who we thought would not be there. Um, he could have gone to a number of Zweite Bundesliga clubs. Uh, but it's evident that he has unfinished business. So, Eva, as someone who has watched a good number of their preseason games, tell us about their new coach and what are you excited about for the new season? Well, um, I've watched three of the preseason games. I haven't watched the one which they lost. I'm very sorry. Um, well, I was especially quite convinced with a game uh, against Olympiakos Pireos, which is they're playing a Champions League qualification now. So it's not that bad to win 3-1 against them. Um, and it's quite interesting because Uli Forza actually brings in... Um, uh, 3-5-2 for example but he can also play with four in the back and I think that's something a lot of Bielefeld fans are looking forward to being able to actually switch that up in, in, in the back and especially with um, kind of our problems with uh, with both right and left um, wing defender um, obviously with also the departure of Cedric Brunner, uh, I do like that we do concentrate a bit more on the centre-backs here and with Oliver Husing, uh, which we obviously know from Heidenheim, I think we got in um, a very great player. He's very um, 
loud on the pitch. He does communicate a lot with um, Stefanos Carpino, who we also know from his stint at Sandhausen. Uh, obviously, didn't really play for Werder Bremen because then he went to Bielefeld last season. Um, and it's quite funny if you watch watch games in the preseason games. Basically, you can just do a bingo, and it takes takes like two seconds until Capino uh, screams "Ali, Ali!" It's quite funny. Um, and in the in the game with the Pireos, uh, you could see Klose and Serra combined up front, which I really liked. And then obviously with getting um, Mark Ratcha. Rakowski, I'm sorry, I completely butchered his name. He's just called Ratcha here. Um, I really love that he's he's he is back, although he didn't play for Schalke next last season. I completely forgot how to put words in a sentence. Um, he was already here for a season on loan from Fauret Bochum, and he played together there with Fabian Klaus. So that is really great. And there were cute pictures of both of them up. Um, I'm still not completely sure about the right-back situation. Silva Zittler came in from FC Luzern. Um, he knows Uli Forte, uh, so that is good. But, um, yeah, was not overly convinced with him so far. Obviously, um, Bielefeld needs to find their place. Um Having Fabian Klose on as a captain as well, uh, it's very important. And, and as a captain, that can play from the first game on, which is going to be in Sathausen in one and a half weeks' time, is great because he was being discussed only being able to play from October on. But he made a promise to the fans in the last game against Leipzig, saying he will do anything, work very hard, coming back as early as possible with the... Uh, with a mask, obviously, he's not going to play without a mask anymore um, for his safety. And I gotta say, I'm um, especially like with with signings like Frederik Jäckel as well on loan from RB Leipzig. Um, there there are a couple of fields where I think ah uh, there there needs to be signings, but we have a very long transfer window, and in Saudi Arabia we trust. And I'm actually looking forward to what Uli Forte can do. Um, so far, the defense was kind of the problem, especially with defending set pieces in the preseason games. But just from what I've seen going forward, I I did like what was going on. So, yeah, I am going to be utterly disappointed, probably. Um, the first game against Sandhausen is going to be a tough one. But I'm looking forward to it. And I will be at the stadium if everything goes well, so... Yay! I think another thing that um, a lot of Bielefeld fans will be hoping is that they can actually score from set pieces, uh, but that will come with the change of assistant managers. Uh, I'm not going to name who, who uh, caused a lot of grief for Bielefeld fans, but obviously lots of change with the likes of Stefan Ortega, um, who hopefully will get to see him play Champions League football for Manchester City. Fabian Kunzer, of course, we've talk, spoken about him. Pieper to Bremen. Uh, Joachim Nielsen to the new expansion team, St. Louis City. Uh, they've practically just raided all of German football to, for all their uh, international players. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, interest with them for Zanhausen, of course. That excellent rook runder under Alias Schwarz in his second stint at the club. Defensively, they were fantastic with the likes of Dario Dumic and Tommy Tribble coming in. Um, 
you know, during the, uh, the the winter break to really solidify that defense. They'll just be hoping to improve, of course. They won't have Pascal Testrot. He's gone to Ingolstadt. Um, so a lot of the responsibility will come onto new signing in Matej Pulkrub, the Czech Republic striker who they uh, signed from Sparta Prague on a free. Really haven't spent a lot of money in the window. Josef Gander is the only one who um, has a fee, but that's been disclosed. Philip Ox... Uh, to provide a bit of width, um, usually players on the left-hand side. He could have some interesting moments overlapping with uh, Chima Okoroji. Uh, David Kinsombi, they've signed on a free from Hamburg. Uh, and I'm going to try and pronounce this name, and I apologize if I get it wrong. Abu Bakir Omar Elzin. Uh, they signed from Borussia Dortmund's U19s, uh, the German Lebanon winger interesting option it gives them a bit more youth um as they look to get rid of some of their older players the likes of eric burko julius biada um maurice deville were a few that were let go during the window again i think we say the same thing about sunhausen every season it's about survival they don't want to be in the relegation battle they it seems almost like a repeated script for them how long will alias schwartz survive who knows? But certainly, in terms of structurally, they're a much better side than they were uh, this time last season. I think um, Zenhausen fans have something to look forward to. Even They've even got nice kits, which is always very, very nice indeed. Let's take our first break. And on the other side, we're going to talk about the rest of the Saturday fixtures. And we're going to start at the Sportpark Runhof Thomas Sommer in Fürth with Greuther Fürth and Holstein Kiel. Fert are, of course, the second team that's succumbed to relegation, although their relegation was, to put it nicely, ingrained very early on in the Bundesliga season. They have a new coach um, in Mark Schneider, but we'll talk about them in a moment because Holstein kill their opponents, are an interesting side heading into the new season. One that I think many of us might think could be a little bit better or even a surprise packet, Um because they just have a very good squad. And usually, as has been tradition for the last few seasons, they've been in the Svarta Bundesliga. They don't usually have two bad seasons in a row. New coach Marcel Rapp will be hoping that his first full preseason will be enough to get them to play the style of football he hopes. Eva, they've made some nice little signings, a few players returning. Um, can this team, under Marcel Rapp, be a smoky heading into the new season? Well, in a way, I do think so, because first of all, um, they're one of the few teams that haven't changed a manager in the beginning of the season now. And um, I don't think Marcel Rapp is the traditional coach going through the season where I think, okay, he's definitely getting them promoted. Uh, But I think because they haven't, compared to other teams, they haven't lost as many players, uh, only three, because Jan Fieterab is being listed as a departure, but obviously because he was alone and now he was signed by them. And then it's Phil Neumann, or the all right, he hurts. Um, Janis Gears and Joshua Mies is away on a loan transfer. So then you got in Marvin Schultz, Fieterab, Timo Becker, um, 
Tim Schreiber as a goalkeeper and Marvin Obus as well as from their second team, um, Lucas Wolf. Um, they're got a bit younger now, but in general, I think it's it's mostly their key players like Luis Holby, Fabian Riese. Um, they're staying on, which is quite important. Um, I, I, I'm not completely sure how they will or how they will end up, but I do see a lot more potential than last year. And um, yeah, I do think that um, they could be one of the, the teams that push here. They won a friendly against St. Pauli um, and all in all haven't had such a bad run so far uh, obviously uh, for them it's not going to be easy to prepare for the game against Kreuter Fürth, uh because obviously compared to them they had a lot of changes as well as a new coach that we don't really know in German football yet um, so that is a huge question mark uh, I think we quickly have to touch on on the criticism that they received for their home kit. Um, in a picture they posted, it really much looked like black, white and red, uh, which especially in German is a fact that is not only not being looked at very passionately, but it's, it's actually illegal to have it uh, due to the way... Uh, yeah, due to uh, Nazi era here and because it stands for right wing uh, and nationalism. Um, and then they said it's it's actually dark blue and you can see that if you wear it. I still think it's too dark of a blue as well as the just not looking great. <laughs> Besides all the criticism they received for that being how it looked, it's just not a great jersey, but okay. Um yeah, but uh, that was something that's been talked about. I'm still not overly convinced by the statement they posted. But um, yeah, coming back to or circling back to what we said in the beginning, um, they're not my f- favorite team push- pushing for a promotion, but I do see them in the kind of upper half of the table, I think. <laughs> they could do anything. They're, they're, I think the, the fact that they've got that stability, um, not that many new players i think that will help them but uh we'll see we should talk about Furt because they do have a new coach now I, I better hope that i get the pronunciation of this mark schneider is their new manager um has a history of swiss football takes over stefan lytle and it's a bit of a rebuild job it has to be said they've lost a number of key players including uh jamie leveling who's off to union for four million uh Jesik Nankam, who they had triggered a buy clause and then Herta bought him back. Uh, Harvey Nielsen we've spoken about, but also Maximilian Bayer, Paul Seguin, um, you know, and and uh, it's, a, it's a tough one because their signings uh, are very young. The oldest signing they've got is Luca Itter, the left back from Freiburg, um, Alidou Mohamedi, um, Lucien Litbarski, um, Armindo Saib and Sidney Raibiga, who is certainly someone that everyone's got their eye on, the 17-year-old centre midfielder from Leipzig, and Ragnar Aki, the striker from Eintracht Frankfurt. I hope I pronounced those wrongs, and I do apologise if I have done so. I'm not perfect, but we do try our best here. So, 
They've got some interesting players. The profile is young and inexperienced. Um, <clears throat> so I think there is worry that Furt, it's going to take time. And I think there's an acknowledgement that they're going to play the long the long game going forward. And um, yeah, I, I'm not so certain that they've got the quality to um, trouble the top half. But we shall see. I mean, you know, the, I think the good thing is that they will... They don't have, I say, in a nice way, they don't have such a uh, shorter lee, um, leash compared to, to, say, Bielefeld, who have a bit more quality as a team that has gone down. So we'll keep an eye on them. But um, I do like their kits, though. I'm, I'm a big fan of the uh, the away kit, that uh, retro 90s look. But uh, would love to see them gone with the retro font compared to the, uh, the stock Puma font that they're going to use at the World Cup and at the Euros for their international teams. Onwards and upwards. Jan Regensburg and Darmstadt is our next game. This game is in Regensburg. This is the only fixture for match day one that is actually a replay from last season when the two sides met on match day one, but that game was in Darmstadt. The final score in that one was 2-0 for the Jan. We should talk about Darmstadt first because they were the first side to miss out on the top three. Only on goal difference. There's a little bit of change going on. They won't have Luca Pfeiffer. But I think they're an interesting side, even because there is a bit of uncertainty with how the team is going to look, not even just to match day one, but towards the end of the transfer window. They've got a lot of players that are drawing a bit of interest from Bundesliga clubs. This could be an interesting and also, <laughs> excuse me, a challenging season, a challenging second season for Torsten Liebkes. Yep. And, um, well, I'm I'm not completely sure. I mean, I had him as being um, the first coach let go last season. I think uh, that didn't happen, luckily enough, for Darmstadt and for Liebeknecht, obviously. Um, they're really one of the teams I have questions about. I do see them as potentially one of the teams that is higher up in the table, it's like top five kind of thing top five top six I think it, it should really look at my prediction table because I was really one with Kiel before so just don't believe anything I'm saying <laughs> um, uh, so yeah that's difficult um yeah with uh with Darmstadt I mean I know I, I'm not completely sure uh I I as mentioned, I, I did like what they did last season. Obviously, um, it's not going to be very easy with um, Luca Pfeiffer leaving. And I think Darmstadt could be one of the teams that is, yeah, kind of can profit, but at, at the same time can really hit by how long the transfer window goes on. I would be my opinion about this, uh, but not completely sure yet. Um yeah, so I I'm going like like the years before. They're probably more a team we see up front. They have a very interesting uh, game ahead on the weekend against uh, Bayreuth um, at home, or at least not at home, but not in Bayreuth. Can't speak. I'm so sorry. Um, it's uh, it's going to be interesting, and yeah. That's uh, a lot, a lot of ways to say I don't know anything about this league this season. 
Uh, we're, we're just rusty. That's I think that's the best, the nicest way to say we're we're a bit rusty. Yeah, Darmstadt are interesting. I'm not really sure where to put them. Uh, I feel like they're a mid-table team this season. Um, just that you know, if for example Teets does leave, they really have a massive gap that will need to be filled in terms of its attacking prowess. Defensively, they're fine. Uh, they haven't really lost a lot. Of, they've lost a few players. Tim Skarka was a surprise, I guess, when he joined Union, but that seemed purely financially as to why he didn't re-sign. So yeah, we'll see. There, 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 there are a lot of question marks with what their team's going to look like uh, as we get towards the conclusion of the transfer window. Jan Regensburg, I think there's no doubt that they are a candidate for the relegation places this season. A lot of their quality has left. Verkessa, we've mentioned. Alexander Meyer's going to Dortmund to be their number two. We've already talked about um, Max Bashushkov, but they've also... Uh, the loanees leaving. Sarpreet Singh goes back to Bayern. Carlo Bukalfa, who ended up signing with St. Pauli. David Otto, who also ended up signing with St. Pauli. And Jan Niklas Bester, who is at Heidenheim. Big losses in the way that they like to play structurally in midfield, especially with Bester playing a lot, you know, creating a lot of width out wide. They are in trouble. I, you know, without even, um, without even, you know, coming across, um, I, I can see a, a co-host is not too pleased with stealing the thunder, but you know what? This is how we chose the teams. Um, Prince Owusu is their, their new striker. They brought in Maxi Talhammer from Paderborn. Um, Dion Stianovic will be their goalkeeper. Uh, and they've brought in loan players. Eva's already mentioned Joshua Mies from Kiel. Oscar Schoenfelder from Bremen comes in on loan. It doesn't inspire a lot of confidence, but we've seen this Jan team has shown a lot of resilience throughout the few the, its few seasons in the Zweiter Bundesliga. They're a perennial mid-table side, but I'm not convinced that their investment this season is going to be enough to keep them up. Merced Selenbegovic was, to be fair should have been on ultra-thin ice heading into this season anyway. Only two wins in the Rook Runder. They were just awful, not only to watch, but just the way that they played. Very one-dimensional. He's very much in the hot seat, and I would, you know, we'll talk about our potential candidates of who might uh, get the axe first, but I would suggest he might be everyone's prime candidate. And now to our final game of... of uh, Group two, it is the top Spieler, and it is another promoted side. This time it's the Drisseliga champions, Magdeborg. They take on, I think it would be fair to say, promotion candidates, league title champion candidates. Fortuna Dusseldorf, Daniel Tune is going to have a full season at the helm. And Eva, it was a massive end of the season to them. for them. They won, they were unbeaten in 11 of 12 games. They were beaten on the final match day by St. Pauli. There's lots to like. And uh, there's one player in particular who we were uncertain if they could bring him in. They've been able to sign him to strengthen their defense. He was excellent as a lone player. Um, and of course, I'm talking about Jordi Device. They look good structurally. It seems like it's going to fit together. They've made some. They've been able to re-sign players. Ayo Tanaka is another one. And uh, yeah... Up, onwards and upwards. I'm sorry, Ben, by the way, who mentioned in our season review, don't put us in the top two, but everything points to them being a promoted candidate this season. Yeah, I would fully agree. I uh, It's actually the first time, or it's 
uh, Daniel Tudor is actually involved in uh, in the transfer window this time. Obviously, it came in after the transfer window was closed in winter. Um, and I did like what he did with the team so far. Um, as you've mentioned, uh, the majority of the key players um, are staying on. Um, the players are, that left are, yeah, maybe not the... <laughs> The, really the the place they're gonna miss dearly obviously a couple of them um was were just good for team depth but um especially with with the the mentioned uh Ayo Tanaka and Jolly device um the the midfield and and the defense are very strengthened up front I'm not really worrying much um I I do think that because they don't have so many changes in the team. They're one of the, the teams I'm seeing up there. Um, once again, compared to Hanover. Um, and yeah, we, we saw what Adani Tune can do. Uh, I think the surroundings in Dusseldorf are a bit more calmer um, than, for example, in Hamburg. So I do think that just from an outside perspective, that's similar to Hanover, they know. That this is this could be a season where they where they can get promoted again. Um, so I'm quite sure they they're aware of that and they try to gonna try to use that. Um, it's not going to be an easy game at Magdeburg. Um, the the arena in Magdeburg has um, uh, they've really really loud fans um, and good fan scene. So it's not going to be that easy. And it's obviously because as a promoted side, you don't have a, a lot to lose. And it's, uh, it's, as you mentioned, it's the top spiel on Saturday night. And, uh, yeah, I, all eyes will be on them more or less. And, um, that will be, that will be a game to look at uh, in general, a lot of good pairings, I think for the first match day, um, in general. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to one to that game. Yeah, I, lo- I love this fixture purely because the both managers have one thing in common. They were both sacked by Hamburg in the Swider Bundesliga. So for them, this is we're on the big stage, massive audition to showcase to ex-employer that actually I was really good and I wasn't the problem. Everyone loves Christian Tietz, fantastic manager and. He transformed this Magdeburg side from almost relegated two seasons ago to the best team in the third, third division, the top scoring team in the third division with 83 goals from 38 games. And a player who absolutely his stocks rose was Barris Attic. 19 goals and 22 assists. That is absolutely ridiculous statistically. That's um, what, 41 goal involvements. That's unbelievable. So I th- hopefully he'll be available for the match day because I heard there were some injury doubts. They've signed a lot of young players, a couple um, from Schalke's Academy. Um, they also signed Malcolm Kakatalua, who were a bit unsure why they signed him. But um, yep, anything to shore up the defense is a must. Um so yeah, we'll see what they look like. They've also got Tim Boss, who's who's come in from Wiesbaden. He's been in the the, uh, the second division before with Dynamo Dresden. Um, they're an interesting team. I just wonder if that 
they can translate their mega goal scoring form into the second division. Because if they can, they're a good chance of avoiding the bottom three. Defensively, interesting to see what structure they go with. They've also got Jamie Lawrence, uh, the 19-year-old from Bayern Munich's second team. He's a loan transfer. A lot of hype around him as well. I like this Magdeburg team quite a lot. I like the way they are, they are structurally. I just love Christian Tietz. I think he's a great manager and, and was, you know, he's been he's done an excellent job to transform this team. And um, yeah, I think they're a good chance to, excuse me, avoid the drop. But, you know, it's a big task because Jens Hartl couldn't do it. Um, and then we'll talk about his current side. Uh, on the other side of the break, uh, all the Sunday games are our Group 3 ones, and we're going to start at the Eintracht Stadion. It's Eintracht Braunschweig and Hamburger Esfel. Eintracht Braunschweig are very much happy to return to the Zweite Bundesliga after a few seasons away. They have a familiar name in the dugout, but will their new season be a success, or will it be just a one-stop? and then return. They host a team that many expects will go on and win the league. That's Hamburger Esfel. But they're hoping to be the first team since Augsburg to lose in the playoff and then gain promotion. It's an interesting battle. This shall be on Saturday af- on Sunday afternoon. I have lost my mind. So, Eva, let's talk about Braunschweig to start with. Mikael Schieler, who his last experience in the Spider Bundesliga was with Würzburger kickers for all but two games. And then he was at Sandhausen for a short stint as well. It's a big test for for him and for the team. They've had a modest transfer window. Do we think that this Braunschweig team might be a little bit undermatched or um, might get overwhelmed going up a division after gaining automatic promotion? Yeah, I... I'm not completely sure about them. I think from the three promoted sides, they're the one I'm kind of worried about the most. Um, They had a lot of um, pre-season matches, but I think it's it's safe to say uh, a lot of them not really on the level that the Zweite Liga is. They are playing when... When the podcast is out, obviously we're recording on Wednesday, they're playing tonight against the New York Berlin. Um, my tune in there just to see how it goes and Ruth Weiss Essen on Saturday. Um, I'm actually not going to tune in. I think my, my time, I, I save, save your time for that. Um, no, but I think um, obviously it was very difficult to really or or for me, it's difficult to to kind of predict where third-tier clubs are going because I have to admit I'm not watching a lot of Dritte Liga. I was enough watching Zweite Liga and Bundesliga last season. Um, so And because the times are very, unfortunately, overlapping uh, because kickoff in the Dritte Liga is like at 2 p.m. Um, so in the middle of basically both leagues, which is very annoying. Um, yeah, I as mentioned, I, I have my difficulties really pricing my finger on them where they're going, obviously, because first of all, um haven't seen a lot of them. We saw them in the Twitch Liga before. 
we saw Sheila before in the zweite Liga. But um, yeah, I think quite interesting is that actually last season three former or actual Bielefeld players played them with Brian Behrendt and then Jermaine Kornsbruch and Sebastian Müller. Uh, so both players that were on loan are obviously back at Bielefeld. Sebastian Müller is on loan again <laughs> to Hallescher FC. Um, but I think Kornsbruch was actually one, I don't want to say key player, but he was a good player for them. Um, And obviously it didn't make sense for Bielefeld to give him away on loan again to them or at all because um, they need the depth in in the squad. And at the end, I think uh, Kurtzburg was injured, um, so he didn't play that role that much towards the end. Um, we know players like Saulo de Cali, obviously, um, from his time at Bochum. Um, And I think he was at uh, at Braunschweig before. I know that a couple of Braunschweig fans because this was the first transfer they kind of um, were made official, and fans were like felt the nostalgia, but weren't overly convinced um, this is the way to go. Uh, he's already 30. The rest, uh, besides Fabio Kaufmann, who was obviously at Karlsruhe. Um, is, is quite young as well. Um, the average age that came in is 24, so De and Kaufman really pulling that up. So yeah, um, I, I, I'm sorry, but I, Braunschweig kind of fills the void that was Ingolstadt for me last season. We see how Kaiserslautern performed against uh, against Dresden. Um, Magdeburg could maybe go the same way that Rostock went, in my opinion. We could see them there, but I can be very wrong, so I'm not sure. But yeah, that's why I'm sorry, but I don't really see a good season ahead for Eintracht Braunschweig. Yeah, I'm not convinced either. The biggest question mark for me will be in goal, because we saw this last time they were in the Zweite Bundesliga, Uh, they were toing and froing between Engelhardt and, and Yasmin Fezic. Now Engelhardt's no longer at Braunschweig. And, and the signing of Ron Torben Hoffman from, from Bayern Munich, um, the 23-year-old shot stopper who was on loan at Sunderland. He was the number one for the first half of the season there uh, and then just lost his place as uh, Sunderland gained promotion to the, uh, the championship. So I find that's an interesting dynamic because they... You know, how long can you rely on the brilliance of Fazic? You need a new, you really need a goalkeeper who can be a bit more of a long term option. And if they want to really stay in this fight of Bundesliga, they've got to play, as silly as it sounds, they've got to play who's hot um, going forward. And, and for me, I'm, I'm just not sure there's an easy solution for them. But yeah, it will be interesting. Hamburg, on the other hand, well, they've had a really busy window and they've spent. They've been happy to spend. Of course, they were able to. Signed officially a Mario Vushkovic from Hajduk Split. Uh, Laszlo Benish from uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Amira Mulheim is also coming back. Um, but their big gets were Ransford, Jeboa, Konigsdorfer. They paid a little bit extra than other teams were willing to pay, which is understandable. Uh, the 20-year-old who has yesterday, I think, announced that he will be representing the Ghanaian national team, which is awesome to see. Uh, Matteo Rab, we mentioned earlier. Also, Philip Ilbia. 
Uh, they got on a free from Ingolstadt. Excuse me. This is the flu really knocking me out. But um, yeah, I love what they did in the in the in the uh, in the window. They got rid of some of their players who they didn't see a future with with Kinsombi and Jimura, uh, as well as Vinsheimer, Ali Du, who was promising to start, really struggled towards the end. He obviously left on a free to Eintracht Frankfurt. I like this team a lot. We know what they, you're going to get from them. Strong passing team. Very dynamic in the way they're going to play. For me, this is the team that should win the league. They have, on paper, the best squad. They understand what they've got to do. They've added exciting young players. The oldest transfer they've had in was Muheim. And he was already there at 24, as well as Benish, 24. Everyone else is is un- is 23 and under. They're exciting. To me, this is going to be an exciting team. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if they not only win their opening game at, at the Eintracht Stadion against Braunschweig, but go on. This is, for me, this has got to be the year that they get it done because four successive failures of fourth and, and of course, the, the heartbreak in the playoff against Hertha. This has to be the season for them. And if it's not this year, then when will it be? It, it would be unlikely that Tim Walter will be there. And um, it'll just be another X to the uh, to the goal of promotion. For me, this is the year that they will get it done. Um, but of course, um, come Christmas, uh, come uh, the November break, we'll see if, how close we are to getting that result. Now we're off to the Oster Stadion. It's Hansa Rostock. It's Heidenheim. This is another one of those Sunday afternoon games. Stability is going to be key for both these sides. Hansa will be hoping to replicate what they were able to produce last season and avoiding relegation, but also progressing up. Heidenheim, well, they're an interesting team and maybe they will, as they tend to do in recent seasons, sneak up on the top five. Eva, I'm going to ask you first about Heidenheim. They lose Tobias Moore to Schalke. They get Jan Nicholas Bester, who we we like. Um, they've gotten a bit younger in terms of their squad. This team could do things. They're much like we talked about Kiel with the stability. You know, they're not always a team that's busy in the transfer window. They've gotten a lot younger in their player profile. Older signing was uh, Adrian Beck who's only 25, this team could do things. I think there is a good chance that Heidenheim will be very much in the mix once again. Um, I would actually disagree there. I said it a couple of times last season. For me, the last season wasn't great. And I think with the players they've lost, um, especially someone like Tobias Moore and Robert Leipertz, they, they're kind of missing something here. And I'm I'm not completely sure about Jan Niklas Beste yet. Um, I mean, he was part of a very weird uh, Regensburg team last season. Didn't really play a role at Bremen the last couple of years. Actually, uh, if you if you don't want to have a laugh, but just really want to be amazed at what a beard can do to a person, check his last photo when he was at Verda, and then check his photo now. You wouldn't believe it's the same person. I promise you. Um, 
I think that's actually why when Werner said he's going to hide and hide him, they actually took a picture of his time at Regensburg because people wouldn't really recognize him otherwise. Um, I'm seeing Matthew just googling it. I think that's quite funny actually. Um, yeah, and with with Thomas Keller, he was, if I remember correctly, the guy who was at some stage playing a striker in the game against Sundhausen. So you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, their real hope up front is still Tim Kleindienst. Obviously, we know what he can do, but yeah, I'm I'm not completely sure about the squad. I think this is the first year ever. I don't really have them in the top five. I hope this is correct this time. Yeah, I think it's correct. I don't think I even have to check. I don't have them in the top five. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I mean, obviously, uh, they brought in two centre-backs with uh, Thomas Keller and Leonard Maloney. Especially Maloney, very young player. or He's 22, not very young, but young. Um, and not that much much experience Thomas Keller as well young only one year of Zweite Liga experience with having Oliver Husing leaving instead um, I and seeing how Husing was in Bielefeld I do see a void here that needs to be filled in a way um, I see Matthew being being not overly convinced of what I'm saying I am saying here, but it's it's just my personal opinion. I mean, uh, in they've only conceded once in their preseason so far and scored, I don't know, 43 goals, if I'm correct. <laughs> so, well, like tw- 29 to nil to FC Römerstein. This is, first of all, this is something I don't get. Why score nearly 30 goals? This is... Why? Why being that disrespectful? I don't really get that. But that's just my personal opinion. Um, so, yeah. Uh, they're playing Hoffenheim uh, on Saturday. Mm. Um, I think that's actually... Still, you always have to check whether games against Bundesliga teams at this stage is overly helpful because, obviously, they just started um, into their preseason. Um, all like a week ago, so I don't know about that. But yeah, uh, for me, Heidenheim is not uh, that what one of the promotion candidates. This is the beauty of of our our podcast is that we can actually have differing opinions, and there is no retort or anything else. You know, we can have spirited debate. And look, as big of a loss as Oliver Husing is. You know, Tim Sieslieben, Sieslieben, the, 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 oh God, sorry, I'm having a really bad effort here, really apologize. Sieslieben, the centre-back who's on loan from Wolfsburg, he fit the void fine when Hussing wasn't playing. Him and Meinke can very much be the partnership. They can go with Keller, who is pretty much Weston McKenney, who, you know, playing in the second division, can chuck him anywhere. I think as big as Hussing was for them, I, I believe they've got options to fill the void. I don't th- as it's a big win for it's a big win for Bielefeld to get him for nothing on a free, but I in my personal opinion they can replace he's he they can fill because of because of the coaching, 
I think they can replace it, but I believe Eva's got something on this. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, maybe put it wrong. I mean, uh, you obviously have uh, Mika and Zislim as probably the center backs that I said. I just meant it when you want to switch it up or you need to switch it up. Um, I do see there whether if it's Maloney or Keller, obviously, Furenbach and Toyakov can play centre-back as well. Um, I know if we might even see Zierslim being being left-back at some stage because he was that already. And they have two left-backs, obviously, in Furenbach and Toyakov. What they obviously have in advance is that um, a lot of their, uh, or at least, couple of their left backs can play center backs and one of their center backs can play left backs none of them can play right back by the way um but yeah so that that's fine and they can already if they if they want to switch it up a bit obviously keller for example can also play uh defensive midfield um if you want to kind of put him then there um it's just that in my opinion, if you look at at the past, bringing in new players, it sometimes worked, sometimes it didn't. Um, I'm still not completely sure about the role, for example, from Dennis Bonich, um when he, he left Dortmund. Um, I'm a huge fan of Patrick Meinka, so he will, he, as a captain, having him there is, is huge. But I still see in... In nearly every field on the, of the pitch, except goalkeeping position, I see problems that could come up. Um, for example, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Manon Bush, but if he should get um, injured, I'm not completely sure about his replacement in Marvin Ritmela. I'm not sure about you, but... This is their parts on the field. I mean, this is with every team, but just from, I think I'm still, a lot of this comes from how disappointed I was with Heidenheim last season. And so that's why I really don't see them in the top five this season. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see that we've, you know, there's 34 games to determine that we can both be wrong and that they fight relegation. Who knows? Uh, let's actually talk about Hansa because they've been waiting patiently to get a bit of airtime. And, well, they have had some changes to their squad. Of course, they will be hoping to replicate another good season. Uh, but have they done enough to support Jean for Hoke? Well, they haven't They haven't signed a striker. Um, they've So that's, that's a concern, one would say. They've brought in... Uh, Maurice Schroeter from, from Dynamo Dresden, also Frederick Ananu and Kai Proger from, from Paderborn. Sebastian Thiel might be the most interesting of their signings. Um, many may remember he scored the winning goal for Sheriff in the Champions League against Real Madrid in the group stage, and now he gets to play in the best league in the world. To me, that seems like an upgrade, but who am I to judge? Some Losses. The big one for me is Hanno Behrens. He's off to Indonesia to team up with the super coach Thomas Dahl. Um, and we get to lose one of the best names in the second division, that being Bentley Baxter Barn. He's off to Waldorf Mannheim, which is a genuine shame. But 
nonetheless, their goal is simple. It is survival. Can they do it? Well, for me, they seem like a team that will be in the bottom six. They really need help from the likes of Ridge Muncie to, to, and, and the rest of the striker core to help Jean Verhoek because if they don't um, and he can't replicate what he produced last season, it's going to be a tough old season for Hansa. And finally, our final game to look ahead to and preview for the season preview. I've said preview a lot just then. It's Paderborn. It's Karlsruhe at the newly named Home Deluxe Arena. Yes, it is a glorious name um, and I love it. So let's talk about Karlsruhe first and then we'll get on to Paderborn. And then we've got our season preview questions that are, well, determined. We'll see what happens with those. But yes, Karlsruhe... The big loss of Philip Hoffman. Can they replace his goals? Because we saw how reliant they were on it, especially later on in the season. Um, we know defensively, um, talking to, to Boris from, from the season review, defensively they were an absolute travesty. What have they done, Eva, in terms of strengthening the striker core with the departure of Philip Hoffman, but also improved defensively in terms of personnel? Yeah, I mean, um, the the biggest question, obviously, is uh, is the whole causa uh, Philip Hoffman. Hoffman, all right. I'm I'm just that for today. <laughs> Making players English who aren't English. Great, great stuff here. Now, um, obviously, uh, the, they're one of the teams as well who. They're, where the departures are averagely older than their arrivals. Um, and I mean, yeah, probably Philip Hoffman, Robin Bormut are, are the biggest losses here. Could kind of put in Mark Lawrence just because he was at the club for such a long time. And when he came in, he made more or less an impact. Um, I particularly like the signing of Paul Nebel, I gotta say. Um, obviously not a striker, but a right winger who, similar to David Nemeth, was in that group of young players who stepped up when um, COVID hit Mainz last season. Um, and I, I'm a fan uh, of him. I'm actually quite interested in how he will perform in the Zweite League on a regular basis. Um, actually not convinced by the signing of Marcel Franke, gotta say. Um, he, I think he was an okay captain at Hanover, but he, in, in my opinion, um, he didn't really stood out in that team. Um, yeah, and I mean, so the question is still who is going to, in my opinion, is still who is going to um, really, really replace Hoffman, obviously, Mikkel Kaufman, Simon Rapp. Um, don't I think with especially with Rapp, we don't really know anything about him in, in a German context. He's quite old already, um, in, compared to the rest. And um, Mikkel Kaufmann um, is maybe someone to look forward to. I would kind of put Kaufmann a bit bit above Rapp here. Uh, maybe see more of a um, two up front uh, coming. Up, uh, they had a very weird preseason so far. I think uh, they uh, won against like upper, uh, lower league sides, 
draw against Wien Wiesbaden, lost 4-0 to 1860. I mean, obviously we said do not overanalyze preseason games, but and then they lost 2-1 to Werder Bremen. Um, yeah, so we're going to see. Um, I think it's going to be very one of the teams that's actually going to be very interesting because um, Paderborn and Karlsruhe might be in the upper half of the table as well. I see, uh, going to be honest, see Paderborn a bit better here. Um, can be very wrong, but I see them a bit better. Um, in a way, I think Karlsruhe could be on the same path as St. Pauli, for example, just from that they are always swinging between getting or already getting the max out of their squad so far and with one of their key players leaving how will that turn out um, and I'm not sure about you not being disrespectful to the players that came in but I as for now I don't see that really really confident striker that can that will fill that Hoffman void yeah I think the thing is like I, I think a lot of Hamburg fans would agree that they were very much liking Kaufman. The only problem is we only saw, we got a glimpse because Tim Volta almost refused to play him uh, until later in the season when they realized, hey, this guy's actually pretty decent. Um, so I look forward to actually seeing him play a lot more often. But yeah, it's hard. I think we'll see a different team structurally as well. The way that they'll play will be a bit different. Um, I'm not sure. They're, they're, they're like a number of teams that have got a bunch of new strikers, new pieces leading the line, and a bit of uncertainty for them. Paderborn, on the other hand, well, they've had almost like a garage sale. The amount of free players leaving on free transfers, and um, it is very much going to be a different-looking team. I know there's one player they'd love to try and get back. That'll be Philip Clement. We'll see if that actually happens. One thing they definitely did during this offseason was try to raid Magdeburg. They've got three new players from there. Raphael Obdimar, Silord Conte, and Tobias Muller are the three players. They've got a centre-back, a right-winger, and a right-back. Filling positions of knees. Needs Robin Bormutz will actually get the opportunity to play his former employer on the opening match day. I uh, think a lot of people rate him, but um, couldn't stay healthy last season, and then when he Became healthy, of course. He announced that he left, and I think I do like the uh, the signing or the or the purchase of Jasper Van der Werf. He was very good for them last season. Bit of stability. I think they're a team that could very much be a top five, a sneaky top five team that could put a lot of sides under pressure. We did see um, some really good football away from home from Lucas Kvasniak's side, but they really struggled when they lost Sven Mikkel. He was a lot of the source of their goals and playmaking and. Whether they've found that solution, we shall see. But there is a lot of intrigue with what this Swider Bundesliga season shall be. As we do every season, we've got our four big questions to lead into this season. And I'm not going to go in the order of the run sheet because that's too conventional. Let's start with the Pokal. The Pokal is in a few weeks. We'll get two match days in the Swider Bundesliga before the Pokal. Eva, I'm going to let you go first. Who do you think will have the furthest run in the DFB Pokal this season? 
Yeah, I'm actually gonna say with everything I said about Heidenheim, I still think uh no not Heidenheim, I read the wrong thing. Uh Paderborn, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, I didn't say Heidenheim, this doesn't make sense. Right, I uh, actually picked Paderborn. Um because I think they could be kind of fill that that void that for example Kiel fulfit fulfilled or St. Pauli I kind of could see them doing that um and yeah that's why I, I actually picked Paderborn hoping that means they're not going to be that good in the league so that's why their Australian neighbor are going to be the better ones <laughs> definitely nothing cynical about any of that prediction for me I've gone with Heidenheim I like what their team is um and I think that they're they're built for for so that, that kind of football which obviously means they'll be eliminated in the first round, which means they might be good in the league. Who knows? This might work in my favor. Um, question. The next question is, we always talk about who might be the first to get the axe. Obviously, we don't want people to lose their job. That's not the way we rumble, but there is always going to be someone who has to go first. And, um, well, we, we've picked the same person, which is, that's not really fun. But yeah, um, I think I, I went with the same person as last season. That didn't work out. So yeah, Mercer Telenbegovic, Fian has the most to lose. For us, I think it's fair to say he has he's on extraordinarily thin ice and a poor start to this season. It will be hard to justify his place in the Yan dugout. There are certainly some impatient Yan fans. Let's go top goal scorer. Now, I'm going to give Eva first reign because... Maybe it's a biased pick, or it's just uh, ambitious. I'm not so sure. But Eva, who is who is going to win the uh, the trophy for top goal scorer this season? Well, do you have to ask? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, I do. Yes. Um, it's it's going to be Fabian Klaus because it's it's a very sentimental pick. I think this is actually going to be his last season, and. What kind of football fan are you if you don't want him to win it one last time? I hate everyone who says anything against it. Do not speak to me ever again. No, I'm biased, but this is my one happy thing about this this relegation, so don't ruin it for me. I'm not going to say what it's in fulfillment says it here on the run sheet. It's going to be Fabian Klaus and... Yeah, no. Well, uh, this is going to be the last episode we're doing together, it would seem, because I've gone with Roven Hennings, and this for me is the more... Uh, to me, it just seems like the right pick. He's going to lead Fortuna to the promised land, and just, yeah, Carly Narai might have 20 assists this season, because for me, uh, well, assuming they don't sell him, which would be a travesty, but for me, just love what he was doing him and Daniel Ginchek are going to work complimentary. And for me, Mr. Hennings will score the most goals this season. And that leads us to our top three. Now, we will, of course, will release our full 18-team list a few days before the start of the season. But we'll give you a taste at what our top three looks like. And whether it changes or not, well, that's not up to me. That's up to just blind luck and changing my mind. So, Eva... I'll let you go first. Who is your top three? Who wins the league? I'm going to go with Dusseldorf, mm -hmm. 
Hamburg mm. and Nuremberg. Yep, I like it. I like it because this is funny. We've kind of reversed the order a little bit. Sorry, Nuremberg, but you're not. You just miss out. It's Hamburg, Dusseldorf, and I'm really sticking fat on Heidenheim. I'm just on the Frank Schmidt train this season. I believe in them, but I think they'll lose in heartbreaking playoff game. That's just the unfortunate crux of it. So that's for me. I think, look, no matter how we look at this season, yes, it may have seemed we, we've gone on a similar tangent in terms of our top two, but this season, I guarantee you, we'll throw up all the surprises you love to see from your side of Bundesliga football. And for that, we say goodbye for now. And we look forward to having your company for the opening match day review. <sighs> Can you believe it? The season is nearly started. Thank you again for your time. But first, Eva has something she'd like to say. What would you like to promote? Well, I forgot the promotion part. I've gone off. Um, so I'm sorry I said before tonight started because it's we record on a Wednesday. Obviously, you already had two match days after the Euros. Um, that are starting on Wednesday night with England versus Austria. Um, and yeah, I'm actually very looking forward. And there's a lot of things you can read and listen to it. I obviously listen to the, um, uh, sorry, uh, to the, to the Rasenfunk. That is really great. They have experts for, uh, duos of teams. Uh, it's really good. Um, there is by the Guardian. I think we will put it in the show notes. Um, a guide to every player that is in the Euros this year. Um, there is analysis about all the teams, and there is a W a DW Sports podcast uh, mm. that we already uh, where we promote a lot of seasons and episodes before. And it's about the first episode is actually, I think, about the dominance of the German team throughout the Euros. Um, so go ahead and check that out. I'm after hearing the Rasenfunk, sorry, Rasenfunk thingy. I'm uh, very, very excited about this, especially in football terms. I have no idea who's going to win it. Uh, people who have much, much more expertise than me have no idea who's going to win it or they have favorites, but they don't know. So... If you want to check out good international football, go ahead and do that. And um, maybe even already get into the football mood because the, before the best league of the world in men's football starts on Saturday in one and a half or one week when you listen to this. Yes. Thank you, Eva. It's always a pleasure to have you alongside me for another season of what should be one of us is definitely going to have a, a ton of time. It always ends up that way. But yes, um, that podcast Eva was talking to, of course, is Project Fußball is the one to go for. So definitely check that out. Um, yeah, we'll be back, as mentioned. Take two of this one. We'll be back in a couple of weeks to discuss all the action from match day one of the 2022-23 season. Thank you again. Enjoy the break between our next podcast and we look forward to having your company soon.